0: One of the things that I think is the biggest misunderstanding, though, is it doesn't fully like take away the job. You still need copywriters. And it is for sure not in a place where it can just spit out great copy first try. What we found is if you can feed it, let's say you have copy you wrote, that's really good, add copy email, and you want to produce more like that, then it does a pretty good job. Um, Because you do have to train it a little bit. And you can say like, let's say you submit it. Hey, write me an email about XYZ and it comes back. You can go back to it and say, make that funnier or make that a softer tone or add in some humor or whatever you want. You also can say, here's an email, write me another one from XYZ angle. And so... It needs to be fed a foundation, which is where the strength and the skills of copywriters still are going to always be there, is because the AI is just kind of reproducing. It's not a strategic tool. I mean, it is a strategic tool, but it's not coming up with the strategy. It's not coming up with the angles. It's your job to feed it that. And then how good you do that is how good it produces its output.
1: I think we can all agree that since late 2022, chat GPT has been all the hype. Am I right? But the real question is, is the hype really worth it? And can we ignore it as entrepreneurs? Now, my take, no, we cannot ignore this. And while you may have mixed feelings about using AI in your business, just like my team did, I think we can all be far more excited than intimidated when we think about using it as an entrepreneur. My team has definitely been playing around with AI. From podcast scripts, to ad copy, to show notes copy, we've definitely been dabbling. So consider this your AI chat GPT 101 training, because we are just going to start the conversation here. And if you like this conversation and you want to go deeper and you want to continue the conversation, let me know on Instagram in my DMs and say, let's do more of that. Let's dive deeper. So I want you to hit me up on Instagram DMs if you like this episode and you want more, but we're just going to scratch the service and start the conversation today, which I think is exactly where we need to start. The exciting thing is that we're only learning more and improving how we use this tool over time. So if we get the conversation started and we get some tips and tricks on how to use it, how to train our AI to do what we want, who knows where we might lead with this. So I just really want this episode to get you excited to try it out, really get in there and get going and then see for yourself how you feel about it. This cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. Now I wanted to bring you a conversation about chat GPT and using AI in your business. However, I'm no expert in this matter. So I invited an old friend to come on and share her experience. So I want you to help me welcome my guest, Emily Hirsch, who is a repeat guest from 2021. And she runs a marketing agency that has been testing AI since it came out in 2022, especially in relation to marketing. As a side note, I used to use Emily's ad agency and they did amazing things for my company until I decided to bring an in-house ad rep to my team. So we stopped using an agency, but she was absolutely crushing it. And I just love her team so much. Now, As for this AI thing, Emily and I know that many of you are probably wondering, how can I use it in my business? What's the future of entrepreneurship with AI? What should I be aware of? Are there any red flags? So that's why I wanted to bring Emily on to share what she's found in her months of testing. And also she's been in the marketing and ads world for many years now, and she's an expert when it comes to all things marketing and strategy. So she has a unique perspective on how this can work inside of our businesses. And we're going to dive deep into how you can use AI. She's got lots of examples to share with us and also different ways that we are seeing AI being used beyond just churning out copy for us. We're also going to talk about what AI is going to replace and not replace, what it will impact, how it will make life easier, and how to embrace it versus fear it. This is a much-needed conversation, so I can't wait to dive in. Let's do this.
0: Well, hey there, Emily. Welcome back to the show. Yay. Thanks for having me.
1: I am looking forward to diving into all things AI today, but for those that might not know you yet... Tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do.
0: Yeah. So I'm the founder of Hirsch Marketing, which is a marketing company that specializes in helping influencers, people with digital products with developing their marketing strategy, and then actually executing it on paid ads to get traffic into their funnel.
1: Your team is really, really good. As I said in the intro, we used to work together before I brought it in full-time in-house. And you all are kicking butt over there. But today we're not necessarily talking about paid ads because I follow you, of course, on social. And one day I saw you talking about AI and you have a really good understanding of what's going on. And I thought, that's the girl that I want to get (laughs) to talk about this on my show. So... I've wanted to talk about this topic for a while. It is a hot topic and so many people listening, they just don't know enough about it and they haven't gotten started. So yeah. I hope that this episode is the catalyst for them to dive in, play around, see what it can do. So if you're cool, can we start at the top? Yeah, let's okay start. So I think that m- the most important question my audience wants to hear is what is open AI and how can entrepreneurs use it to support them in creating things like, video scripts and podcasts and copy and graphics and even SOPs and social media and all of that. So can you walk us through what it is? And then really, I'm, I'm looking for a step-by-step exactly how you've done this in your business, like let's say with copy or whatever.
0: Yeah. So OpenAI is what all these mini kind of softwares are being built on top of. So basically, anybody can build a software on top of OpenAI and it uses their AI technology and knowledge. And so the biggest one being ChatGPT that launched, maybe it was like three or four months ago, um, is built on top of OpenAI. And so that one specifically can do a lot of things. It's like, kind of like, I guess, a very advanced Google, but then it spits back answers and copy and SOPs to you. So we can talk more deeply about that one, because it's probably one of the most like advanced ones that there is. But there's also a lot of different mini AI platforms. There's one that you can make come to all your meetings, and it will just take notes for you. There's one that you can submit, like, let's say you have a 20 minute long video, and it will chop it up into clips, like within a matter of a minute for you. Um, there's even, even Descript, which is a common podcast editing um transcript platform, you can actually replace, let's say you say something wrong in a podcast, you can have it take your voice and replace the word that you want it to say in there. Yeah. So there's a lot of platforms that are and will continue to come out because of the potential of open AI. So it's impacting marketing a ton, obviously, because of copy and creative podcast content, which I think if you would have asked a lot of people five years ago, it was the opposite. People thought, oh, AI is going to take over kind of like customer service jobs and those type of things. But it's actually really had a huge impact into the creative world, which There's a lot of opinions around that, and and probably fear too around that. So we can we can touch on that too.
1: Uh, Talk to me. Let's actually start there a little bit. What is the fear of AI that's coming up for people?
0: You know, obviously, like copywriters and designers probably feel a little bit threatened, and I think naturally so when something comes out and it's like, oh, now I can write. Quote, good copy in seconds where th- that used to take a day for you to write. Um, so it's big changes. And I think one, the fear is replacing those people that that's been their craft for a long time. The second one is there's a lot of people who see AI as kind of like stealing work, right? Because the way AI, AI works is you feed it. So you're feeding it copy and prompts and different things. And then it basically takes that and gets stronger because it learns from it. And so it is taking a mixture of what's being fed to it, plus everything that's on the internet and basically outputting what it outputs. And so there's some people who feel like it's stealing um, from that. And so I think naturally with big changes there's fear. But as we know in marketing and like technology is it it changes rapidly. And so I feel like we have to lean into how do we work with AI and and leverage it. And I have thoughts, you know, specifically on copywriters and the people that maybe right now feel the most threatened to actually use it to your advantage, because the reality is it's already here. Like it's been being worked on for a decade or more, and now it's here. And so we can lean into it or we can be afraid of it. But in the next two years, it's going to be a non-negotiable that you're using it, in my opinion.
1: Oh, I think you're absolutely right. So I'm glad we're having this conversation. Okay. I have so many questions and we'll get to all of them, but Walk me through exactly how you've used it in your business for copy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So my all my copywriters, we have three full time copywriters use chat GPT. And I really pushed it and challenged it in the beginning. Because what I explained to them is, as a CEO, in the future, in the soon future, a copywriter who's leveraging AI is actually going to be more valuable to me than a copywriter who's not because you're going to be more productive, you're going to be able to produce more. So our copywriters use it for ad copy, um, emails, sales pages, opt in pages. Um, It's really great for like come up with a couple of video ideas or headlines, which are really hard for people to come up with. One of the things that I think is the biggest misunderstanding, though, is it doesn't fully like take away the job you still need copywriters. And it is for sure not in a place where it can just spit out great copy first try. What we found is if you can feed it, let's say you have copy you wrote, that's really good, add copy email, and you want to produce more like that, then it does a pretty good job. Because um, you do have to train it a little bit. And you can say like, let's say you submit it, hey, write me an email about XYZ, and it comes back, you can go back to it and say, make that funnier or make that a softer tone or add in some humor or whatever you want. You also can say, here's an email, write me another one from XYZ angle. And so it needs to be fed a foundation, which is where the strength and the skills of copywriters still are going to always be there is because the AI is just kind of reproducing. It's not a strategic tool. I mean, it is a strategic tool, but it's not coming up with the strategy. It's not coming up with the angles. It's your job to feed it that and then How good you do that is how good it produces its output.
1: I'm catching this conversation with you when I'm very, very new at this. And the one thing I didn't know is that you could actually say, write me an email like this one. Yeah. And I actually copy and paste an email I wrote that did well. I copy and paste it into that search bar thing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But then what am I asking it to?
0: Write me an email like this, but make it about that. Or you could say, but change change it to be more funny or add in a story about how Julie had a successful launch or something. And it will, you know, put something out that maybe then you tweak that a little bit, but it's taking that baseline. Or you could even, I mean, we've even put ad copy that did really well and say, write three more versions of ad copy like this that are different. Ooh, that's incredible right there.
1: Yeah. Okay. I love all these ideas. I want to flood people today. Any ideas you have of how to use it as we're sharing and and you answering all these questions, throw it in there because I want people to see how much it really can yeah. do. So yeah. I think that's awesome. So this idea of training your AI, my understanding, because I played around with it a little bit, is you are creating your own account. So you're in your own account for chat GPT. And so as you train it, that's your account. It's getting used to you and what you're putting in.
0: Yeah. And it remembers. And then if you do have, let's say you want to write in, let's say you have two businesses or something. And like for us, we have multiple clients. You actually can create folders within it for each you know, client or business if you want to train it on multiple voices.
1: Wow. Okay. That's really cool as well. Okay, one of the biggest questions I had when I started playing around with it is that, is it giving everybody the same thing? So if I typed in, I have a student, so I used her as an example. She teaches women over 40 how to get better sleep. Mm-hmm. Write me a blog post uh, about women over 40, how to get better sleep. If if I wrote that and you wrote that in and we were both brand new to it, so we had never trained it or fed it anything, would it give us the same blog post?
0: It doesn't. So I've tried that on two accounts. And so it does give different, um, it gives different answers. I've also tried like, what if you run it through one of those like plagiarism tests and it doesn't, it passes the test. So it's putting out unique things each time.
1: I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I want to talk about Shopify. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. You guys can't see my face, but I am very blown away by that. So I guess my question with that then is, as people start using AI more and more, how do you think a team can work with it to make sure they aren't just using it in a really generic way? Ask it to write a blog post, it it spits one out and you just post it on your site. I feel like that feels very irresponsible and reckless. So can you help me kind of, how do you use this without making it so generic or cookie cutter?
0: Yeah. So the power in it is honestly the questions that you ask it. And it's, it's it's learning the skill of what you asked it. And so like when my copywriters started to first use it, they had the feedback of like, this is different than I've ever done before. Because usually I write the copy, I'm not like training a copywriter or asking those questions. So the best thing is to practice. And I think that what I've witnessed with people with AI is it is overwhelming. Cause at first, like it's, you go through this cycle, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. And you're on it like every day and it's so exciting. And then you're like, well, it's actually taking me more time, like playing around with this than it would if I maybe just, did it myself. And then people kind of stopped using it. But I think using it and playing with it and learning what questions to ask it and and not being afraid of like, oh, it might spit out something terrible or it might spit out something good. And so how you, you create it um, to not be generic is you get it to refine. You either feed it something good that's already yours, or you get it to refine based on what you want. Like if you... Like I have a very direct tone. So we will take my copy and then say, now make this more direct in in the messaging. You, Amy, have a more softer tone, a lighter tone. So you might take something and then say, make this a little lighter for, you know, not corporate talk or, or you could, that's something I've actually told it before, because it will spit out a lot of like corporate official language. And so you have to correct it. So the power and the effectiveness is in the questions you ask it. And that's how you make it really custom. And so it's, going through the process of learning what is your voice that you want? Is it lighter? Is it more direct? Is it funny? Is it more professional and in corporate sounding and playing with that to, to get it, to learn your voice. Gotcha. Okay. That,
1: that makes perfect sense. All right. So my next question for you is what are some other ways AI is going to impact the marketing industry? Like what other updates should we be aware of as entrepreneurs?
0: Yeah. So I feel like every business and individual who doesn't start leveraging AI over the next two to five years will be replaced by the people and businesses who are. Because the reality is, we think right now it could save a copywriter like 30% of their time. So we're going to have this period of time, my guess is like two years, but that's a guess, where copywriting is still kind of the same. You're paying the same for it. Um, people can either use AI or not use AI, and they're still going to be okay. But over time, what will happen is all the copywriters who start using AI now are producing more. So then the cost of copy is going to go down, but they are producing more. So it evens out, right? But if you're somebody who doesn't leverage it, you're going to find yourself really behind from all the copywriters who are. And so it's the same thing, you know, I look at my business. And when I first found out about AI, I was like, oh my gosh, Like I didn't sleep for like four days of just the impact of it. And like I have kids and I'm like, this is going to change everything. And, yeah. Um, and so I've looked at it and asked myself, like, what is AI going to replace? And I do think we will get to a point where managing your ads can be somewhat managed by AI. Uh, same with copy. So it's looking at wh- where is it going to go and how do you stay ahead of that? We can't predict the future for sure. But we need to start leveraging it to our advantage. And I do think the next couple of years will be like a golden age where the people who do leverage it are way ahead and they're able to produce more and charge the same until that shift happens where it's going to be a non-negotiable. In marketing, though, in my opinion, humans will never be fully replaced because AI can't really do strategy to the level that somebody critically thinking could do, right? It has to be fed. So I'm, you know, in my business looking at, okay, what is the most important thing that we continue to do with our process? And then how do we become more efficient using AI? And that's how I have my team look at it is from an efficiency standpoint. What AI tools could you use to do your job and use it to leverage to be efficient? Um, One more thing on that is I also think that it will devalue things like copy, right? And you will, people will, and content even. People will start to potentially look at content as, Like if you could tell an AI to write a book for you, then how are you going to know if a book is AI written or written by somebody? So the value of um, non-AI generated content will probably go up because people will want non-AI generated content and they they will connect with that more. And so having that authentic content, the value will probably go up because AI is going to devalue everything else that's being produced by AI.
1: Whoa, that's kind of deep. And then there's that big question of how are people even gonna know if it's AI or not AI?
0: Yeah. And then there's also the question of are they gonna maybe prefer AI because it's smarter than, right. than us. Like we don't know exactly how it will play out, but I do believe that humans can never be replaced by a, a machine. Like you you need human touch, you need relationships. I also think things like Real relationships are going to continue to increase in value and always is important in business. But if customer service reps or even sales reps start getting replaced by AI, I think that that human connection and figuring out how to have that in your business online is going to be really important to still have.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I love having these conversations. It's going to be fun, Emily, like in a year, I'll bring you back. Yeah. And we're going to like, look at what we looked at here. Emily, have you ever seen um, the Today Show with Katie Couric and a few others talking about what the internet is? Yeah, Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. If you guys haven't seen it, I will try to look for it. The day this episode comes out, I'm going to look for the little clip where they're like, what is that outside? Yeah. What does it do? WWW? <laughs> like, yeah. they yeah. was wild how much they did not know and how much it is now part of their life. And so I, I'm really curious what that's going to look like even a year from now. It's kind of going to be exciting. So I love that we're having this conversation. You touched on this a little. I want to go back to it. Let's talk about what we might see most impacted from AI and what definitely will not be replaced. I know you said, and, and I know you already touched on this, but you were saying uh, you don't think it's going to replace human interaction. And I get that. Um, talk a little bit about why it's not going to replace strategy or ideation or, or other things that it won't replace.
0: Yeah. And and this is an opinion. Like There are some people who think, oh, I'll be able to type in AI and say, build me a million dollar business and it'll spit out a strategy. I just don't think that it can fully replace human critical thinking. Right. Because an AI is only as strong as what it's fed and it's being fed information and then it's building on that information. And yes, it's going to get really strong. But I think it will always need to have that level of critical thinking of taking into consideration, well, we tried that and that didn't work or this needs to be customized. And so... I also don't think it'll ever fully replace copywriters. I just think the role of a copywriter is going to change where all copywriters use AI. So I think right now, like the biggest impact AI is having is actually on creatives. It's on copywriters. It's on designers. There's AIs that can produce video and produce graphics. There's obviously, you know, assistance like note taking. I mean, you can take an email from customer service and literally put it in and say write me a response and then it will write a pretty great response that saves half the time. <laughs> what
1: okay that's what I was going to ask you where how does it affect my mind is little around i my mind doesn't catch on to things as fast as like yours does around stuff like this. So I was like customer service sales reps I don't understand. If you're on a phone, a
0: sales call with someone it's not going to replace that Well, so there already exists of AI voices that sound like people. So picture this where you have, let's say you have, you know, 50 sales call recordings because you run a high ticket program. You feed your AI all of those recordings and within minutes it builds an automatic script that then the AI voice talks and says, and Google already has this AI that they, I don't think they've released yet where it can do that. And so, Eventually, yeah, sales reps, customer service could be fully replaced. However, something has to feed it still, right? You still need the original sales calls. You still need the, the emails that you've responded to and how to respond to things to create it. And so I think that's relatively far away, like maybe in the next couple of years, but. I do know there's already AI of people who have like appointment setters in the DMs and an AI responding. And I mean, it has it has some ways to go. It's not even near perfect right now, but it's just a matter of of refining it until it gets there. And so for customer service, you can take an email, put it in AI and say, type me a response to this that has an apologetic tone or something. And it will at least give you a draft and then it's easy for you to change it. So that could cut down half the time you're spending responding to emails. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that the roles of all, you know, copywriters, designers, video editors, social media managers, my entire company is all going to change to learn how to work with AI. And then there will be new roles that are created.
1: I think it's really cool that what you said, where you're making it your mission to figure out how your company can work with AI, because I think there are some people that are listening that won't even touch it. And they're just going to be like, cover their eyes, cover their ears. It's not for me. It feels too techie. It feels too artificial, which is what it is. And so they're going to ignore it where I think your message is important today we can't ignore it. It is absolutely like, uh, in my masterclass where I just touched on it, Bill Gates is like, it's as important as the internet was, and it's moving faster than anything he's ever seen. Mm -hmm. And, And I think people like that, we need to pay attention. He knows what the heck he's talking about. And We can't ignore it. So instead of being afraid of it, or maybe this is too foreign or too weird for us, how can maybe it work within our business? And and I love that you're doing that. My business absolutely is going to start doing that. So I appreciate you kind of talking about that because I think it's important, but I have a few more questions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think a big thing many entrepreneurs might be wondering is how is AI going to impact their bottom line? So we talked about just touching their business. But now talking about money, is it going to shake up where they delegate their expenses? And if so, how? Like, what do you have to say about the bottom line?
0: Yeah. So I think initially the next couple of years, there's going to be an opportunity to kind of lean up your business and improve your margins. Because if you think, okay, I have a copywriter full time and they can produce XYZ, now they can produce 30% more. And again, you can still charge the same or keep things the same in terms of what you're charging. Um, Because AI essentially can increase efficiency. It can increase capacity, output capacity of an individual person when used right. And so, There will be this, I I think, this like golden age of my guess is like the next two years where it is going to take some time that every company and every person is using AI. So in the meantime, if you're using it, you're producing more, but able to charge the same. I have already, you know, been able to increase capacity of my copywriters, which obviously lessens cost of copywriters. Now, I do think in the next two to five years, the cost of copy is going to go down. That is the reality, right? Because if people learn, oh, I could get AI to produce this for me, they're not going to pay the same, which copy historically is a very expensive thing to buy f- because copywriters are so talented. So if you don't lean in now, when it gets to that point that the price of copy goes down or whatever your you know business and skill set is that you're producing, then you'll be behind because you won't be able to charge the same and it could be very damaging for your business. So I think it's looking at now, where's their opportunity for me to create efficiency in my business with AI, which obviously m- improves margins. Also, for those of you you in the audience who are solopreneurs, you know, as you know, with marketing, it's like constantly overwhelming. I can't write all the blog posts. I can't write all the emails. I can't write all the social posts. This is an opportunity for you now to produce more with less time, which is huge.
1: Yes, absolutely. Totally agree with that. Tell me this. What am I missing? So, Because I'm so new at this and why I wanted to bring you on because you're way more advanced in how you're thinking about all of this. What did we miss? What other pieces of the AI conversation are important that we all should be having?
0: Yeah. I mean, I do think one thing we didn't touch on is the roles I think it might create. Um, And I do see a huge opportunity for companies to actually be hiring AI trainers for their companies. So let's say you want to train an AI to write really good copy. I don't envision CEOs wanting to do that. Like I personally don't use chat GPT very much. My team does because they're producing the output. So if you're producing the output, you should use chat GPT, but otherwise it's really the team. And that's why I don't see chat GPT fully replacing copywriters because CEOs are still not going to want to be typing into chat GPT and taking emails and putting them in a document and all those things. So it will create an opportunity of people to train an AI to do the sales calls, for example, to be the customer service rep, to be the marketing copywriter, to produce the videos and and write the scripts. And so you can either mold that into what you're doing potentially, or it it is going to create those roles and change all of those roles to be working with AI. Oh, that makes sense. And that's kind of exciting to see some
1: new roles popping up because of this. So I didn't really even think of that angle. I think overall, I loved that you shared that we can't be fearful of it. It's normal in the beginning for some roles to be fearful of it, but how can we work with it? How can we take advantage of it? How can it maybe help our bottom line um, and streamline some expenses? That all is very exciting. So for someone that's listening and they're just getting started, where the heck do they even go?
0: So I would start with chat GPT and, and go there because it's probably the most advanced of, of them and probably can do the most. And honestly, my advice to people is set aside, like maybe it's an hour a week or something that is to just play with AI, to just ask the questions. Because I think the power comes into asking yourself, could I use AI to help me with this? How could I streamline this? How could I create efficiency with this? And there's a lot of play that has to happen right now to learn it. And it kind of you go through that process where it kind of feels inefficient at first, because you don't know what you're doing. So you're like, okay, I just wasted 10 minutes talking to this chat GPT, and it didn't produce what I wanted, I'm just going to go do it anyways. And so I'm seeing that the the people even on my team, like willing to just kind of play with it and test things and almost like have fun with it. Are getting farther because they're exploring and they're coming up with new ideas. From there, you can ask, okay, is there an AI that can do X, Y, Z and maybe test a few different platforms? Um, I did have my team do that. I said, I'm, I'm challenging all of you to figure out what AI you could do to create more efficiency in your role. And I feel like that's doing them a, a good thing because it's te- making them learn, learn AI before it's essential that they learn it. So, I would set aside time to play with it but I wouldn't have the expectation of like oh I never have to write copy again or I never have to you know create a social media post because I've also seen the flip side of people go really extreme and then their content and their copy goes really bland and it's not good and so you can't go into it with the expectation that it's going to fully just do everything for you you'll be disappointed but focus on that efficiency how can I work with the AI and then you know, as a business owner, if you're a business owner, it's thinking about the future of how will this impact my business and actually just asking that question, sitting with it and thinking about it because we don't know like we can't predict the future. But for me, I look at okay, well, I think AI could probably start managing ads in the near future. That's obviously a big deal for my company because we manage ads. And so what does that mean? How do I work with it? How do I protect myself? And not coming at it at all from a fear-based because we can't control it and we can only control our actions. And we will always, you know, adapt to what comes, but coming at it from more curiosity, excitement because it's something new. I do believe it'll probably be the biggest thing in our, in our life, whether that's good or bad. I don't know yet. We'll watch this in a few years and decide. But coming at it with that curiosity and, and just taking time right now to be curious. And, and it's all about the questions you ask.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Well, Emily, I'm so glad you popped in here to give us
1: our AI 101. And where can people learn more about you, especially if they, if they want to work with you?
0: Yeah. So my website, Hirsch Marketing, which is H-I-R-S-H. Hirschmarketing.com has everything you can find. I've got my podcast, which is the Not For Lazy Marketers podcast, which is pretty marketing focused. Sometimes I talk about AI, but marketing focused so you can tune in there and otherwise find me on social media. Perfect.
1: Thanks so much, Emily.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: All right, my friend, there you have it. The future is coming at us 100 miles per hour and all we can do is embrace it and use it to our advantage. I hope this conversation around AI and chat GPT has cleared up some questions you may have had. And I hope you get excited to lean into it and at least start experimenting, testing. And as Emily said, play around with it. I think my most favorite part of this conversation is that Emily really pointed out that you have to experiment. You have to play around with it. And the copywriters on her team that were really embracing it, they are the ones excelling. And for so long, for many years in my business, I'm never an early adopter. I never jump on things quickly. And I kind of stay on the sidelines of new technology and new developments to kind of see how they're going to play out. And I feel like we're still so early enough that... You could get in there and you can become incredibly knowledgeable about AI in your industry. And it will give you a competitive advantage. It's still so very early. Imagine, let's say I'm just making this up. I always use this example. Let's say you are a dog trainer and you have started to dabble with AI, not just chat GPT, but other things that AI can do. And you've found ways that it can help other dog trainers. So all of a sudden, you start getting interviewed on podcasts and YouTube channels about how you used AI as a dog trainer and how other dog trainers can do the same. You've just opened up new opportunities to get interviewed for people to talk about you. That's an opportunity happening right now, but you have to jump on it. So it's just kind of another take on that. But who knows? This might be something you become really good at, and people are asking you to jump on their podcast to talk about it as well. All right. So I want you to jump into my DMs. Let me know if you liked this episode and do you want to dive deeper? Do we want to explore this more? Are you like, Amy, that's good enough. I got the information I needed. I'm good. I'm just at Amy Porterfield on Instagram. So let me know. All right, my friends, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye for now.